And we're back on Steelers. Touch. Down under. I'm Matt Peverell, joined by my co-host as always, Marky D, Mark Davison. Mark, let's get straight into part two. Slinging the slang. What do you got for the listeners this week? Well, I'm still angry, uh, Maddie. So this has all got to do with, you know, everyone knows about that guy who's been ragging on the BTSC and uh, media guys like uh, myself, Mark, and Ma- Maddie here. So all I'm going to say to that guy, put a sock in it. I'm down with you. I don't want to hear it. I don't care. You've my done that opinion, long before, mate. Nah, I don't care. My opinion might not be right, but it's it's full of passion. And I almost swore there. I almost saw it, Maddie, last week. But it's full of passion. And I don't care what this bloke says. Put a sock on it. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> yours, Maddie? What's yours, mate? Well, I wanted to lighten your mood a little bit because I was thinking of Australian <laughs> slang words for that same person and I just thought mm, I want to be respectful on this show. Uh, so what I was thinking was the word slab, right? Slab. Now, Mark and I would refer to a slab, right? If we're on a building site, it would be like a concrete slab, but no, what I'm referring to was a carton of beers or a case of beers. So I was thinking, Mark, out of all the Steelers players, and I don't want four or five, I don't want previous retired ones, I want one Steelers player. If you could do a slab of beers with this afternoon, who would it be? You know what, man? On the current Steelers right now, it'd probably be Vinnie Williams. Like, have beers with? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, have a beer with. Yeah, who would you have yeah, a case on, of beers on, with? On the, on the current Steelers, it'd be uh, Vince Williams at the moment. Just the knowledge he has and the passion for the game. And, and yeah, he'd be, he'd be fun to talk to. Yeah, nice. Who's, who's your guy? That's a good question. Who's your guy? <laughs> oh, I didn't expect to get this one back. Uh... So it's current, so it has to be a current stealer, right? Current so stealer, would, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh I think Cam Haywood would be a sneaky one. I think he'd, I think he'd be like You know what though? He, like, he, he he's a big family man, so I could see you two getting like, you know, you're you're gonna be a great, great dad and, and family kind oh, of guy. So I, I I could see that that you two would get along like a, you know, um uh, a house on fire. Yeah, I feel like the thing with Cam, I feel like you could talk this is the one, you know, you, you know, you've got these mates as well. Like everyone's got them out there with your yoga, but you've got those friends that you can sit there and talk with for hours, right? And if you're going to do a slab, right, you're going to want to have lots to talk about. And I feel like Cameron Haywood, you can have the deeper meaningfuls, you can have a laugh, you can, you know, all the rest of it. I think he'd be really good. You know, I've seen him on different, you know, NFL shows and tapes and, and all this sort of stuff and a study, a student of the game that he is. And I think you could, you just talk for hours. Obviously, you grew up with a dad that was a pro pro player as well, and he could talk about it. Yeah, I just reckon Cameron Hayward, you'd have the best discussion with him. How how awkward would it be, though, that now that I've got me and Vincenzo having a slab in one house and yourself and Cam in another house having a slab, why don't we just come together and have a party? Have two cases of beer, two great Steelers, Cam and Vincenzo, and then two larrikins like us from Australia – First of all, they'd probably be thinking, how the hell, how, how the heck did you get into my house? And, and but, you brought, but you brought beer, so let's go. Well, I think we go to Cam's house, though, because Cam's probably got the biggest house with his contract. Yeah, that's true. But I, I reckon as well, like even, even Vince Williams has been playing a long time. 
Yeah. I just think if you wanted any steel and knowledge, and same with Cam, but you'd have a lot of a lot of crazy stories. And I just think you probably can do a little bit of a mischief as well with uh, with Williams. You might end up going around to one of the linebackers' house and doing doing a prank or something like that. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's skate Devin Bush's phone so we can tweet from it. <laughs> yeah, go and go and tell Jordan Berry to get the mail, and the next minute just you know uh, uh, sackle him or just knock him out. I don't know. Yeah, that's that's a great question. Awesome question. Yeah. So I thought about that all week. I thought you'd, I thought you'd like that one. All right, well, let's crack into part two. We've got the Steelers' top two draft picks, but not the not the top two rounds. Who do you want to? Who are we cracking into first, Claypool or Highsmith? Uh, let's jump in with uh, Alex Highsmith. So round three. What what are your thoughts on? Um, and I know you're a big fan, so this this is all you. For me personally, I'm keen to to see him develop, and he's going to be on that the other side of TJ. And if those two can form a, a good duo, getting to the meeting at the quarterback. This defense is gonna it's gonna have something about it for sure. Um, what are your thoughts, Matty? Yeah, so this is a good question, Mark. Uh, look, he had a great year last year in my perspective, and I'm just looking down because I Alex Highsmith's dad follows me on Twitter, and we were tweeting at each other um, pretty recently. And I tweeted out, and I, this is the thing: I stick to what I say. I tweeted out what I thought that he might do on the field. Um, so I'm going to try and bring that up there, but. I think with, with Alex Highsmith, Steelers fans, I think we've got to be patient with him this year as he takes it on. I want to see a bit better run defense, um, you know, from him. But, you know, he was a he was a rookie last year. I was going to say junior, but he was a rookie. I think for him, the key part might not necessarily be like the big headline stats of a sack um, or an interception, you know, because we saw him get that 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 one last year and we know that sometimes the, the, offense, the outside linebacker, sorry, needs to – step, you know, step into the middle of the field. But I think it's going to come down to things like quarterback hits, tackles for a loss, force fumbles from Alex Highsmith. The thing about it is that I think it's going to get really important for the Steelers to bring in a veteran, to bring in a veteran once the training camp is over, to basically allow Roche to develop and not put too much pressure on him too quickly and to be able to spell Alex Highsmith and TJ Watt together because – We've t- you and I have talked about the importance of managing snaps all offseason. It's got to be done. But if, you know, in look, at the end of the day, you know, even if Alex Highsmith, and I do think he'll be special in his own right. He's not Bud Dupree. He's Alex Highsmith, and that's what I love about him, right? He's his own player. He's got his own chip on his shoulder. He was the guy that everyone looked at in Charlotte. He could have easily probably stayed in college and transferred to a bigger one and gone, at, you know, waited a year and gone, in, you know, into another draft, you know, the 2021 draft um, and, and done quite well there. But instead he entered the draft, the Steelers saw him, they picked him up. He plays the chip on his shoulder. He sounds like he's super down to earth from everything that you read, hear about him, that his dad says about him as well. And to me, that's, uh, I feel like he's kind of an old school mentality Pittsburgh Steeler that's playing in the modern game. And that's what I like about him. But as what I was going to say there is even if he doesn't develop to the extent that Bud Dupree did, Bud Dupree was a first-round draft pick, incredibly athletic. But what I like about Highsmith is he's got these pass rush moves that he's developed. The same thing with Quincy Roche. They develop these these moves because they're not necessarily the best athlete on the field. Um, but I'm keen to think, like, and I'm going to pull up these stats that I sort of projected for him for this season. But, Mark, what are your thoughts about Alex Highsmith? Because you've listened to me rant about him on and off air for, like, literally 12 months. 
Yeah, I'm pretty hooked to, to see what he can do. I'm just really intrigued about this whole uh, linebacking core from TJ to to my mate Williams to DeBush and then Highsmith coming into his second year. It's going to be really interesting to see how he can play. And like you said, I don't care if he, if he gets uh, the sacks, the forced fumbles. They're great if you can get them. But what I saw in that Browns game as well, in the playoff game, that you need to put that push on, on the edge and make sure you, you're doing your assignment correctly and you're marking your man and you're, you know, feeding to that gap so you so the, the running back can't get if he's can't get out of the way. If he's doing things like that, um, and getting tackled for loss, or you know, say for instance, if uh, the running back gets around him but he doesn't give up pursuit on the play and makes big plays like that and be a real team guy, then I I can see him being one of our favorites for sure. Um, but yeah, it just comes down to to this linebacking core. I, I think it's going to be really fired up. And like you said, it, it took Bud Dupree a few years to get uh, into the swing of things. And we know that TJ is going to do really great things. But second year, what what better place do you want to be than a than a Pittsburgh Steeler and involved in that in that defense with Haywood, Minka, and all the guys and Look, as a whole team, I, I think he's he's a bit like Dotson. This is why I think I've got another question once we once yeah. we get into Claypool. Um, um, he's so fired up like Dotson. You know, he he wants to be that stealer. That's that's what the mentality we need right now is to do, to be a Pittsburgh stealer and to go and win championships, to go and beat or to win a playoff game. Wouldn't you agree? That that's that's what I see from him. So I, I don't expect I don't, I don't I don't expect him to get say, 15 sacks, um, interceptions, and, and things of that nature. I just think he's going to be a key key piece to the Steelers, the, a role piece, that when he's in the game, he will affect the game. And if, if he gets better than what everyone thinks he is, then these quarterbacks are going to have a tough time. Three or four years in a row now, we've got like 60 sacks, haven't we? Like This is a, this is a defense that that you know that quarterback's coming into, into the um, onto the field thinking, Oh my! I've got to go against these guys. Like, come on, man! Come on, man! <laughs> man, I can't pull this up, but I did. I remember I did tweet what they were, and I think there was something like you know, seven or eight sacks, and I think it was like twelve plus tackles for a loss, and I think I had like fifteen quarterback hits, two interceptions, and I think three false fumbles, roughly. But that was kind of where I was seeing what he could do in twenty twenty one. But I, I wanted to pull that up, but I, I just can't find it between right. his, his dad and myself tweeting too much. I can't find it while we're on air. Let's let's jump into just quickly with uh, Chase Claypool, and then we'll, after this uh, little section, we're going to grab some questions from uh, from the audience 100%. here from uh, Touchdown Under here. So Chase Claypool. Uh, round two, or just a side note, we did have Minka. Minka was a trade. He's awesome. We know he's going to yeah, be Yeah, but great. I still don't count that, right? Because it – look, put it this way. If we traded two picks in the future this year to move up in this year's draft, right, we would have been talking about this draft class and that's who we've drafted. So I think it's important that we always say it, but, I mean, to us, to me, Claypool was the first pick yeah. of the draft. It's just like it's just like the domino effect, right? It's just it's just yeah, the, yeah. In the, the butterfly effect. If I sneeze here, then a tree falls over in uh, Wisconsin. I'm not even sure if there's trees over there. Uh, all right. So, yeah, they do. Uh, there's a big forest there. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, not if I sneeze. Uh, that, how so, do you think JJ Watt and TJ got so big and why Derek is terrible? <laughs> because they were chopping down trees and lugging them everywhere. Why Derek oh, sat why? there doing nothing. 
Like to get rid of trees, and then just run right into it. God, that'd be good to see. I want football back so bad. It's coming. Okay, Chase Claypool. Right. What are your thoughts on him um, as a receiver? It can. can, Here's a good question: Can he be better than last year, or is he going to take a step back? Claypool. Yeah, because is he better than his stats last year? It's a pretty big rookie season. This is the question: Is when you say is he better? This is the thing: Is just like you know his catch rate needs to go up, right? So this is the one one area he can improve is his catch percentage. That needs to go up from fifty six percent. That needs to be plus sixty and ideally sixty five percent. You know, I expect him to do more in the rush game, which might mean the stats get a little bit lower. Um, it might mean that he equals the touchdowns, but it might mean his you know average you know might go down or his long might go down or whatever. I'd like to think that if Chase Claypool of 62 receptions can get 873 yards, I would have thought of 75 receptions. He's getting, he's breaking the thousand mark. But the thing about Claypool is that obviously you've got Juju this year, you've got Deontay as well. They're going to go to Claypool more. So the pressure is going to be on. Now, we talked about a lot about the approximate uh, approximation value with pro football reference and how Claypool was ahead of what a first-round wide receiver will be. He is a 1B we talked about. He will be a 1A eventually. He's 22, and that's the thing. We've just got to be very careful about our expectations of Claypool. I think if he can equal this, break a 1,000 yards, increase his catch rate, it'll all fall into place with him. But what I would hate is for – like you see it sometimes with a quarterback and a wide receiver – just because they're great in the first three or four weeks doesn't mean that the, the connection goes throughout the season. So if Claypool's got like three touchdowns and like 380 yards after four or five games, we can't sit there and go, oh, he's playing terrible, unless, of course, he's you know clearly dropping balls and the rest of it. So I think we've just got to keep really measured. And you saw it last year, right? Because if you go on and we watch Chase Claypool on YouTube, he'll talk about how he was like player of the week one week, and then for the next two or three weeks – he hardly you saw did it. anything. Yeah, yeah, you saw it against the Eagles game. He came out and got four touchdowns, and I was super excited. And then the next few weeks, he got one here and there, and he had a, but it had a great season. It depends how it's part of the game plan. It depends whether he's getting double teamed and he's getting other people open. And when I think in that, in, in that Eagles game, they just forgot about him. They didn't even know that he existed. Some of those plays, he he was wide open. Um, down down the middle was one of the great touchdown passes, and another one where he got the 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 end, um, like. Uh, what do you call it? What do they call it? The, uh, the running? What do you do? Like a re- reverse? Yeah, reverse. And then, then the, the two blocks. Yeah, the jet sweep came back and, and two guys blocked him and he got a touchdown there. Um, I think I'm excited. I don't want to see him have the best season to be the, the, the number one with all the yards and stats. And there's a lot of pressure. Like you said, this guy's 22. 22. I didn't know what I was doing at 22. I still don't know what I'm doing at 31. Um, like I can see that he's going to have a, a, a pretty good season, but... He's still part of the four or five receivers that that can really, you know, all of them, I guess, uh, Juju, Deontay, and Claypool could all have a 1,000 yards. But this is the question I'm going to – we're going to have questions in just a moment. Uh, Matty, you've got one minute to answer this. Out of these players, out of this NFL draft, the 2020 draft, how many of them are pro bowlers this year? Uh, Two with Kai Smith and honorable mention. Yeah, better so be Hudson and Claypool. But I think it's more likely that there's one, and I think it's just Claypool. Yeah, I had three. So I had Claypool, 
Highsmith and Dotson, but yet again, can you get all three? That's that's you know um, super difficult to get. Do you want to move into our, our first question we have? Actually, I'm going to address one we had from Snowman um, in the previous uh, last 10 minutes. He said, uh, which running back will be cut, Matty, out of, out of the, the five or the Samuels. four running backs we have? Samuels. You think Samuels is gone? So we're going to go with four running backs? Uh, like I, saw, I did say recently that I felt like one of the one of the Steelers' four running backs wasn't on the roster. I think I'm going to stick by that. It could be Bellage or Samuels, but I think they're going to pull someone else in at some point. I mean, I just, just think there's someone else. You're thinking they're going to bring in Frank Gore, is that right? Oh, only because Mark <laughs> so much. You know yeah, what? If they bring in Gore, right? If they yeah. bring in Gore, you and I live in Sydney, right? One of the highways, the Gore Hill Expressway. We could call him the Expressway. I, I just call him a champion. Get that guy, get that guy a ring, mate. He's played 20 years. He, All right. 30, can, I bring up, can I address one thing, right? And for those listening to Warren this week, you saw it. Steelers Freak brings up a particular Pittsburgh personality that's had a crack at behind the steel curtain in the last week. Who's had a crack at, you know, sites like ours and, you know, networks like ours. I read that article, right? I've, I've read it. That's just he and basically Mark Madden uh, there. I've called him out now. Uh, but Mark, <laughs> he's basically uh, talked about the mic. I do like playing that game. It's, it's not a bad game. Right. <laughs> Thank you very much. But uh, Mike, he bring, brings up the Mike Tannerbaum comments as well. That article is just exactly what we're talking about at the start of this show. It's it's the speculation. I agree, Brad Jewett. It's a bold statement. I'm, I'm just so sick of this. Like, let's just let the season play out. Let's just let the the season play out. Let's but anyway, enjoy it. It hasn't even started yet. It hasn't started yet. Let's enjoy it. We're all 0-0, zero and, zero, and we have a really good team that, that won the North last year. I don't know. We're not going to go 8-8 eight eight or 8-9, eight whatever it is. What are the Portner asked an interesting question? What are the chances Pennsylvania government John Frederman is the Steelers left tackle in 2021? He sounds like he'd be a pretty old dude, so probably I've got, like I've got zero idea who, who Federman is. Um if he can block, you know, bring him in. <laughs> I think he can block people. <laughs> I think some people are <laughs> upset with his restrictions and lockdowns. <laughs> oh yeah. It's a bit bit like us. Holy dooly. <laughs> <laughs> Brad Jewett, do either Minka or TJ get the extensions they rightfully deserve before the start of the season? I think we all agree they both will at some point in time, but who first? Ooh, Mark, why don't you go first, and then I can say my my bit on this one because I do have a view. I, on this. I don't think it really overly matters. This, you know, if they both get signed, then that's it, right? Like, like I don't look into too much about the the you know you're the cap guy, you're you're, you're guy the hole in the bank. Um. I'm I'm the guy just you know spending the money if I can, but I don't think it matters. Um, sign them both; they're a key part. They're both a key part to this defense, along with Bush. I think I like that it's, he's been brought up. Like, and Jeff, I think deserves some credit here because he was saying this for a while. I think it's more strategic to sign Minka this off season, right? Because you pretty much know what you're going to pay TJ, right? But you don't want to up the level this year of like of anything. Whereas you could like, I think it makes sense to keep Minkett this year and sign him up and not let that get into any of his play, his head, lock him, lock him up completely. 
And then you can really sort out your safety position from there. And you might get a better deal before the cap goes back up, which is kind of what we need to manage TJ's deal with the bonus structure over more years as well. So I think it's actually a lot more strategic to sign Minka this offseason and then get TJ done during the season or pretty much agreed for the end of the season. So I think like right now the Steelers have like, I think it's like 74 million or so on the cap level. I can bring that up from over the cap for next year. And I've said on war room all off season, yeah, 75 mil that you can pretty much go 30 of that almost or 28 million, but let's just call it 30 of that 75 is straight to TJ. Watt, right? If you look at Minka, then you're probably talking anywhere between eight and a half plus bonus of three and a half to four million a year. You, you want to do that now rather than next year, because if the salary cap goes up to higher than its expected level, then we kind of made money, if that makes sense. So, And that might help you sign someone else. The interesting part that speaks to me at the moment, if you're not going to keep Juju long-term, is Claypool next year. Because remember, Claypool doesn't have a first... He doesn't have the fifth-year option because he was a second-round draft pick. So if Claypool shows out this year, I'd be interested, and I know they don't do this in... Dave Schofield and I got into a heated discussion about this once because the Steelers only really extend people in the final year of their contract. But if Claypool balls out this year, I'd be extending him if you can next offseason so that you can minimize how much you're going to have to pay him really big in, you know, what will be three, two and a half years' time. So I think it's a it's an interesting concept right now. But I would be Jeff talked about Joe Hayden potentially extending him. My, my player, apart from TJ, it's more strategic to do it next year. If you're going to extend someone, you extend Minka. Um, that, and, or, and or you could probably do uh, Edmonds. I mean, I wouldn't want to see Edmonds go too much. I don't think it's strategic for him personally, but you could probably do Edmonds back end of the year as well or straight, straight away after the season finishes, agree that deal based on what he does. But, yeah, Minka to me is the priority. I want to see like your what's that guy in that movie where he has like a big massive like board of like all the different scenarios and and you know different ideas and like um you know E equals M C squared. I reckon you're that kind of guy, Maddie, in the in this uh in this office. You know, if you're you're the, you're the stealer guy, like the like the accountant, you and Cam Haywood are like going through the figures, drinking your beers, going, all right, if we extend Minka here, we have a better chance to win the Super Bowl here. Okay, however. We really, really need to get rid of uh, Derek Watt. Well, maybe we can talk about this next week. Maybe we can talk about this next week because I have a bit of a theory. And people go, oh, it's just because you like playing Madden. But I have a bit of a theory about when to extend people so that you manage how much you're going to pay a player over their contract if you truly believe that they're like a Minka or TJ or pro-level quality and how waiting for a certain, certain contract to pay them for seven years is not necessarily the best thing over the course of having a winning franchise. But, yeah, uh, it's an interesting one. All right, next question. We have uh, Steeler Nation 412. Can Devin Bush win uh, Comeback Player of the Year? My my personal thought is it's, I think it's very hard to win on the defense. They always, they always seem to give a guy on the offense because they have more stats. Um and actually, Big Ben maybe could have won it last year, but we know the whole story with Alex Smith. Um, the bloke almost, almost you know, died, really. So you have to give it to him. Um, Ken Bush win it? Uh, it depends on what we're talking about. Are we talking about for the Steelers or are we talking about for the 
you know, for the, the whole the whole NFL, I reckon. Uh, it's like you said, it's about the offensive players. I'm just trying to think who was injured all last year, you know, or like, or if you have like someone that skipped it because of COVID as well, you know, there are a lot of players that pulled out. Just one of those guys come back and that's considered comeback player of the year. Like, uh, uh, I don't know. I think, and I think it'll take him a few weeks to adjust as well, to be honest. I don't think you. I don't. I think he'll play really good for us. But I don't think some of these awards, the Steelers just don't get, and the comeback player of the year doesn't really go to a defensive guy. You kind of need a story as well. Uh, you need a story behind it, like Alex Smith. So some of these awards are just just what they are. They're there. They're just there. Uh, we have another comment here from Brett uh, Brett Maye. Uh If you could have one player from the 2021 draft to be an All Pro as a rookie, who would you choose to be the guaranteed star, Maddie? Oh, uh, no doubt here because I think the other two would do it anyway. It's Kendrick Green. Right. So you're saying... I think Pat Freemuth and Harris will get there in themselves. I definitely think Freemuth will actually. Um, But, yeah, I I personally, we want Kendrick Green to be that guy. I believe in him. I know he's going to do well. Um, Bring it on. Yeah, right. So now we have uh, Snowman gives us uh, $5 here from the uh, Super Chat. Which rookie will hit the freshman wall first with with um, games, seventeen games this season? Now, I believe, like, is that just they're going to get tired and you know they're playing from college and it's, it is a big transition into the NFL? Um, look, I'm not. I don't know how you really answer this question. I don't want to say Najee Harris, but I, uh, it depends what you what you would say that is a freshman wall. That you, do they just give up? They stop playing as a Steeler. Um, are they not playing as much as a Steeler? You know, like I can't really name anyone off the top of my head because that in itself is saying that that player is going to give up when no matter what and how how hard they're trying and how much energy they left in the tank, they still want to play, right? So it really depends how you would describe that situation. Uh, yeah, I think for me, like I probably will be Najee, right? But it's probably be mid-season and – it, I think it will be people go, oh, he's hitting the freshman wall because let's say he averages like 70 or 80 yards per game or has a smaller game than that. Like, But I don't think it's something that we need to be particularly desperately worried about, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, I mean, even Freemuth might might do something that players like, oh, he's not blocking very well or he's not, he's, you know, he drops a couple of catches we think he should make when he's open or whatever. But I don't think... I think you've got, I think this rookie class has got a lot of really hard workers from it. So, you know, and so man, there you go. He's clarified it in terms of getting tired from playing college last year in 17 games this year. I think the Steelers will manage snaps pretty well. Um, I think they will do it for the rookies because they tend to do that and they sort of bring them in and then they ease them off and they bring them in again. But I'm interested to see them how they manage snaps over 17 games because I think that's going to be a big difference. And given that we've got the extra preseason game with the with the Hall of Fame game. Um. Yeah, I agree with Brad Jewett. <laughs> well, here's another question from, uh, from, excuse me, from Jr. Oh, it's gone. Here we go. Which veteran shows a major decline in 2021? I don't want it to be these two players, but it's so hard for me not to think. Yeah, what's with all these questions? These, these are all negative questions. 
<laughs> oh, there's also a massive negative in this in this live chat right now, which I don't know. Oh. I don't know whether they no, actually no, no, like the Steelers, no, but no offense, but, JR. But, not yeah. JR. This is no, no. I'm not talking about JR. There's someone else in the live chat. I'm questioning whether they actually really like the Steelers or not. Um, and there we go. We've got our answer there um, in the live chat. But I think from JR, like I like the question actually, and I think it's an important question to ask from JR because. Just because someone declines doesn't necessarily mean that their performance is poor. But there's two players that stick out to me as being players that could decline. I don't want them to decline. And if they do, who's going to step up? And those two players are Joe Hayden and and Tyson Alulu, right? They had great off, great seasons last year. But if one of those guys doesn't rock up, or he struggles and and quite frankly submits to age. I mean, what I think Alawawa is like 34, maybe I think by now, 32, 34. Joe Hayden's 32, I think. You can expect those cars to decline. So my biggest thing is how are the other guys gonna step up to support them. In terms of major decline, that where they would they don't shouldn't be on the roster anymore. Like that's Cassius Marsh, but I don't think you should be on the roster anyway. So yeah, mine might be Stefan Tillard or Cam Haywood, and depends what how 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 much you value them and then how much they actually do decline. Um, at the same time, similar thing to what I said with Claypool. It, it, Claypool had a great year, but then he, and he gets 800 yards. So it's still going still a pretty good year. Um, Maddie, we'll go into a few more, then I'll get you to, to wrap it up, eh? Oh, so, I was going to that one in the chat. <laughs> yeah. Monka S says here, what time are the Steelers games in Australia? So we've been this for, for a few times. Uh, your 1 p.m. games are our 3 a.m. at the start of the season. Your 4 p.m. games are our 5 a.m. and your 8 p.m. games are our 10 a.m. And then as the season progresses into about week week seven, the time changes and we go up an hour. And then your American time changes again to about week nine or 10. And then we get our 1 p.m. games are 5 a.m. So I'm, that's so we wake up at 3 a.m. or, you know, uh, half awake to watch our Steelers win. <laughs> that's it, Mark. That is it. Uh Steeler Nation 412, I just want to bring it up before we go to Brad. Uh, Snowman's question is, August 5th, y'all, all the uh, all the other half of the crew should do a live stream for the Hall of Fame game. Look, if no one does, maybe Mark and I can jump on on, on Steelers Nation Australia and we can share the link with you if we're going to do that before, before that game. So, yeah. But I want to bring up Snowman's question. Um, and then I think there's one from Felicia, and then we're, we're pretty much done. But which is crazy. This show goes so fast each week. Uh, but what stealer would you like to have dinner with and why? Mark, who are you, who are you gonna who are you gonna have a feed with? Uh, on on the team now. Um oh, that, that's that's a different question to the beer one. Having dinner. Uh holy dooly, for time's sake, let's say um Minka. <laughs> Put me on the spot. You're only saying that because <laughs> he's about to get paid, and you want a free, you want a free lunch, free bar, free barbecue. Who, who, who's yours? And we'll go into Felicia. Oh, mine's Stefan to it. Yeah, right. Okay, we're, we're gonna. Oh, because he does barbecue. Is that why? Yeah, and also like yeah. I've seen a few when he was on Bud brought a barter. Like I've always been a fan of to it, but like I just thought, oh, you're a really cool bloke, and I think as well. He's been through a lot this off-season with his brother. I'd just like to take him to dinner and say thanks for being an awesome Pittsburgh Steeler and take his mind off it. 
All right. Do you want to bring up Felicia's comment? Yeah. So Felicia says here, who do you want to keep, Cam Cameron Canada or Jordan Berry? I say we keep Berry so we can bring in number four, number 46, uh, Christian Kunentz. I, I just think that'd be a great a great stealer, and I'd buy his jersey in a heartbeat. Maddie, You'd buy it because the way Australians say that well, that word and then you'd, you'd think that was hilarious. It's like bad wanting Malik Hooker to join so that he can write, buy his wife a Hooker jersey. He needs um, to be the, the new long snapper. He has to be. Felicia, this is a hard one for me because I've said if anyone listens to a Warham or Cat Room all season that I think Cameron Canada is a waste of Cat Room. I think you can get oh. other long snappers <laughs> out there. He is, Mark. Do you know how much Cameron Canada is getting paid this year? I don't want to know. I just want it's to like bring... it's like plus a mil. Let me let me bring it up. It's it's absolutely unbelievable. All, all I'm I, saying I, I is that, that, that we want Christian to be our long snapper, so I can buy that jersey. Oh, Christian yeah. Canada! He's like Canada's cap is like plus a mil. I'm just trying to find it because all the draft picks, it's like being skewed. Yeah, it's it's. Oh, that's because I've got 2022 up. He's not even signed there. Cameron Canada is getting paid more than Deontay Johnson. Pat Freemuth, Benny Snell Jr., Alex Highsmith, Ray Ray McLeod. You know, there's heaps of players. He's not worth it. Jordan Berry's saves you 300 grand on the cap. That's why I'd keep Berry. And then I cut Berry a few set, weeks later. Set, hot. And it just throws the ball back, 50, you know, 30 yards. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any other questions to finish it up? Uh, not that I can really see. I think we're running out of time, time guys. Uh, there's one just saying here from NFL in Australia, would you ever host a game? We've been, we've been at it before. I wouldn't want to see it. Um, but no, nah, if you have a different opinion my, on this. Yeah. My final thoughts are I'm pretty, I'm pretty keen to, to see the preseason. The Hall of Fame game is going to be, uh, awesome. I'm so keen to see these young players actually start to play and have some real football back. That's all I had this week, Maddie. That's it. That's it. Well, look, Steelers fans out there, look, the offseason rolls on. I know it's getting long, but, you know, just stick with it. Stick with it. The Hall of Fame game's not too far away. Training camp's not too far away. You know, Mark and I are jealous that if you're in the Pittsburgh area, you can go watch training camp from the stadium. I know that they sent out some emails on that because I got one myself. But, look, Stay, anything Pittsburgh Steel related, stay tuned to Behind the Steel Curtain across the website, across all our audio and YouTube live shows. There's a lot of cool stuff coming up. Next week, Mark and I will have another bumper show for you. But with that, that's Steelers Touchdown Under. And as always, Mark, go Steelers.